Want to do better? Then it's time to change the story. Welcome to our show about new visions currently transforming the world through the confluence of art, tech, and innovation. And now your hosts, Michael Ashley and Neil Sahota. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode. I'm really pleased to introduce our guest, Stephen Ibaraki, who is probably Mr. Changing the Story. It's incredible what he's done. He's a futurist. He's a retired professor. He's an advisor for the United Nations, for YPO, works with ACM, IEEE. I could literally probably spend an hour just running through what Steve is currently doing. You know, and all honesty, sometimes I wonder if he's part robot. But great to have you on, Stephen. Well, it's a real pleasure. I'm jazzed to talk with both of you. You're both change makers, so let's have some fun. All right. Wonderful. Thank you, and thank you again. So as a visionary, what is the story that you want to bring to the world? You know, we, we have this uh, sort of extraordinary opportunity because the planet is resetting, and that gives us uh, an ability to sort of make the future the way we want it to be. And that's where I see the story going. And, and we can get into more detail if you wish. Sure. Please t- tell us as a futurist, tell us what the, the, a bright future that we have an opportunity to get, get to because of this reset. Well, I call it the, you know, the, the, the post-COVID reset or the world after COVID. And I, I can definitely see this engagement happening globally because of the masses of consumers going online of digital transformation occurring across all the 12 major sectors in the world, even impacting things like government and industry, society, even culture. A lot of these things will be permanent. And what it's done, it's forced us to look at ourselves as human beings. And as a result, I see the socialization aspect. Even though you, you, you may see some tension right now, I believe that that social awareness will persist and will make us better people. So I've got a pretty pragmatic, uh, positive view of the world that is uh, increased digitalization and transformation occurring. There's persistence going to happen with more closer engagement and happening with both developed and developing countries of the world. And we're going to come together. But I see business as being a big unifier, more, more than governments or nonprofits and so on. Really business being the heart and then working with governments and working with the UN and NGOs and so on. So I'm, I'm very optimistic where the world is going. And I, and I believe what the shock has done is now it's going to make us more prepared if something happens in the future, because we realize we can't ignore what we think could be inconsequential events in one part of the world and thinking, hey, we don't have to pay attention to that. That's not affecting me today. No, you have to pay attention to everything in the world. And, you know, there's the idea in chaos theory. You know, it's called the butterfly effect where something inconsequential in some part of the world, and you think it might have a massive effect somewhere else. Well, pandemic is an example where it's massive effect and it's massive everywhere, but you got to pay attention. So. Right, right. Uh, you know, I, I always use this example like that COVID has kind of shone a spotlight on us and it's helped, you know, probably expose or really emphasize some of the gaps or deficiencies that we have. But, I also think it's kind of shown some of the great things that are actually going on. Like you hear about people helping strangers, like the elderly or the high risk people, you know, get groceries. You know, as we kind of move into a post COVID world, hopefully soon, how can we kind of build on this energy? I mean, how can we like put together a more better sustainable future? You know, that's already occurring in a sense. Like, let me just give you a snapshot on healthcare. Right now you have all of these uh, doctor, medical, patient needs, 
you have the application of big data, uh, mobile, uh, you know, 5G, artificial intelligence, et cetera, and the internet. And then you see all of these practical applications like, you know, let's, let's see where people are, uh, you know, meeting other people and then we, you know, we can sort of track where COVID is going or let's do massive amounts of telemedicine using 5G technology. Let's be able to see what the big areas are that we need to be aware of, the trends and so well, artificial intelligence and big data. Let's use robots to deliver food products and medical supplies and even do disinfectants and so on. You see this contraction occurring. So I'm just going to give you a real example. Something that was really predicted to happen in the next five to 10 years, it's actually happening now and it's going to persist. And as a result, it's going to have some really positive changes um, that allow us to integrate technology, but also allow us to socially interact in ways that were unimagined before. You know, for example, it used to be I used to hop on a plane, you know, 20 hours later, I'm in South Africa, did a two-hour speech. <laughs> Why do you have to do that and all that whole carbon footprint stuff? You have to yeah. do it. You know, we're getting into really immersive environments. I can see all of this uh, augmented reality and virtuality being integrated in. Even this group called the ACM, you know, it's the number one in computing science. They converted their um, conferences to being virtual, but they created a task force and, and even a best practice guide to enhance that immersion, immersive feel. So, you know what? We can engage with anybody at any time and anywhere in the world. And we just a, a phone call, sort of Zoom call or other technology platform away. Why don't we do that? Why don't we work together, collaborate? Whatever the problem is, I think that's going to be the, the world of tomorrow. And, and I gave you the sort of telemedicine example but it's going to infiltrate every aspect of our lives so i'm i'm actually really jazzed of where it's going well uh both neil and i feel that we feel we feel that this is a, a time for great optimism um <clears throat> so you were very kind enough to write the forward to to our book and you're obviously very plugged in with technology and trends and this is a very good example of what you just mentioned there but i wondered if you could go even further because you have your finger on a pulse of stuff that's going on that most of the general public doesn't even realize. In fact, I didn't realize until even just reading what you had put together in the forward. Um, maybe say some things that other people aren't aware of that are coming down that are really exciting uh, when it comes to technology. Well, you know, food security is a big issue right now or food insecurity. In fact, the, the prediction in there's about 900 um, million people, almost a billion people who are in a food insecurity situation. I'll give you another stat. There's 1.6 billion um, children out of school right now, and about 400 million have a food uh, security, food insecurity uh, situation. In fact, it could be sort of biblical. <laughs> it's so serious. And, and uh, you know, this uh, protection of the food chain and contaminants is a real problem. Right now, you have to send something to a lab. It could take two weeks to get it back. You need specialized uh, personnel. Well, there's a company called Inspecto. <laughs> they got this technology, automated, really powerful, don't need specialized people, can be done in 30 minutes, can be put all, uh, pulled out through the entire food chain and protects it against the contaminants. So that's kind of like this new technology that's already rolling out. There's a new kind of chip coming out, uh, sort of 3D technology. Uh, Tyrone Semiconductor is going to put some proof chips out later this year. It's kind of secret. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it has like thousand times the power 
that the available computing chips, kind of a new uh, technology. And what that does, it allows us to do better prediction or modeling and things like uh, problems that are occurring or, or pe when people congregate or you know, new kind of uh, foodstuffs, bacteria, or I should say vaccines, particularly vaccines and therapeutics, uh, new, new energy uh, capabilities, new materials, all of that science is capable when you have these new uh, kind of computing chips, which are coming out this year. And it's using this 3D architecture. Now the things that's really transformational, people aren't aware of it, but the next, uh, you know, version of supercomputers called Exascale is coming out. And this year and next year, in fact, out of the US, there's one called Frontier. It can do the combined power of existing, the top 160 supercomputers you're doing today. It's just like one computer. Can you imagine what it can do for things like, you know, the holding impossible, like climate action is a real problem. Well, what if you can do climate modeling in a way you, it's just impossible today? Well, that's another transformational tech coming out right now. And then, so I can go on and on. I can go for like hours about where it's really, you know, really cool down the line. So you're, you're sharing a lot of great things, Stephen. And I'm, I'm a big believer of this idea of convergence that we have all these game changing technologies going on and, creating, you know, accelerating exponential growth. And, you know, the idea of convergence, we can actually combine some of these things together to really, you know, skyrocket, for lack of a better word here, what we could do. I, I kind of feel like you're actually doing the same thing. You know, I always believe in this ecosystem of Steven, right? Working with the UN and YPO and all these organizations that are trying to move and shake the world and make a difference. How do you, what are you doing? Maybe you can share a little bit about what you're doing to try to amplify and bring some of these changes to help, you know, create a better world. You know, I, I live in this sort of convergence or sort of a center point, so it's a really fortunate. So if I see something really interesting, in fact, today, I, you know, I can write to the Gates Foundation. I know people in there and say, you know what, this is kind of cool. And I think it could transform what you're trying to do in the developing regions of the world, have a look. And they do, they'll have a look. Or there's this lab called the Global, uh, Global Good Lab, and, you know, and has only one investor with Bill. And again, same thing, I could show them something I think that is really interesting, can accelerate what they're trying to do. So, so I'll show them and they definitely will have a look. I have these private meetings with the World Health Organization every Thursday morning. Uh, really early. In fact, next week, I have to wake up at five for the next call. But um, it's like the leaders with the, uh, the World Economic Forum are there, um, the International Chamber of Commerce, which represents 45 million businesses, the, the International Organization of, of Employers, they represent, I believe, 58 million businesses. There's the uh, Coalition of Epidemic Preparedness and Innovation there, there, et cetera, et cetera. And we have these really intimate conversations about um, now it's on COVID, but in the future could be other issues. And that is, how can we collaborate? How can we work together to do something meaningful? So th these are happening in real time. I just finished doing uh, three YPO events, a, a keynote for an hour and a half wow. on transformational tech, uh, which went global on uh, last Friday, did another one on Tuesday, just did one uh, to YPOs in the US, same, same kind of idea. But there are private organizations, I can't talk about what I, well, you know, the sort of the, uh, the meat of the talks, but you know, these things happen. Uh, you know, Neil was on the call the other day in the morning, you know, we're uh, founders of AI for Good, this uh, movement globally, and, and we, we're planning how to take this into a digital world, but how to have impact worldwide. 
just had a meeting with the ACM and they're, they're launching or this number one organization competing science and they're developing new projects. So just recently had some uh, meetings with some really young people who have some great ideas. So I'm trying to help them. So dot, dot, dot. It's like a hundred of these things I'm concurrently in all the time. Uh, it's all exciting. It's amazing and happy to share it. or some of it anyways, a little bit. Um, so right now, uh, so many people are, are caught up in, in what I would think of as kind of the fog, the fog of war right now, where we really can't, it feels like you can't see past the next month, let, in, let alone the next year, um, because of what's going on in the world at this moment. Obviously, it looks like you are. And so I wondered if you could paint a picture for the world. Let's say it's the year 2030. What does that world look like to you? Well, you know what? You- What's happened is COVID has actually forced a um, sort of a contraction of what we would think the world will look like in 2030. Just give me, I'll give you one example. You know, we have these sustainable development goals, which are due to be sort of finalized in 2030, or the World Economic Forum came up with a, a jobs report where they're predicting what's going to even happen in 2022. Or you have this transition of the fourth industrial revolution, which came out in 2016, I call it now the fifth machine age. And, uh, you know, about a year ago, Japan came up with this idea, Society 5.0. All of it about acceleration. What I believe is that uh, what COVID has done, it's going to cause the pause. And then that contraction, acceleration is even going to be faster. So I gave you the example of telemedicine, the use of robots, uh, using AI and big data, things that would have normally taken 10 years. 2030 are happening this year and it's going to persist. Even these ideas of big data, you know, having maybe, you know, 70% penetration in some sectors or machine learning and AI, again, uh, 70% or 80%, uh, some of these other technologies, even quantum computing, all of these I see accelerated. So big data, definitely in the 90 percentiles, uh, machine learning. Uh, definitely in high 80 percentile, even things like augmented reality and virtual reality. A big promise for a long time. I see that accelerating in the 70 percentile, but not by 2030. I see it by uh, 2023. Um, this other aspect of 3D printing. Yeah, it's in the fringes, but now you see this being worked to uh, address COVID. So I see a bigger buildup. Let's in the uh, 50 to 60 percentile. So uh, across the board, you know, there's sort of 19 transformational technologies across 12 industries. I see all of those going up 30%, 40% in terms of contraction down from 2030. You know, it's interesting, quantum computing, you know, people are saying that's 20 years out and so on. But recently, a company called Psy Quantum got a $250 million investment using photons uh, to make them work. And if you look at existing uh, quantum technology now, it's kind of measuring these things called qubits. Every time you add one, it increases the power exponentially. Current technology is about 53 qubits to under 200 qubits. Uh, this company is proposing a million qubit system and trying to be commercially viable, maybe in the next six years, not 10 years or 15 years. Can you imagine what you could do with a million qubit system? I mean, it's two to the million power. <laughs> and and because it works at this quantum level understanding molecular interaction atomic interaction it can solve problems that are considered impossible and just to give you a little bit of a hint you know uh, last year in october google came out with their sycamore system they gave it a quantum problem with a 53 qubit system 
solved it in 200 seconds. Do you realize that they felt that if you gave that same problem to the most powerful uh, supercomputer called the Summit, they predicted it would take it 10,000 years? Wow. Or last fall, even this company called D-Way, which is kind of a niche of quantum computing, they, they applied it to a conference managing the uh, bus schedules in Portugal in November. And something that would normally take something like almost an hour to do, they were able to do in a matter of seconds dynamically uh, <laughs> to help uh, people taking buses. So, so you know what? I'm not saying 2030. I'm saying 2023, 2025. All of these things <laughs> happen now. It's amazing. Yeah. That's, that, that's absolutely phenomenal. I mean... So we could be looking at actually a much different world in three to five years. I mean, I, I always say that, you know, change seems to happen faster and faster, but that's pretty quick, huh, Stephen? Yeah, including even this idea of, of uh, you know, synthetic biology being applied with autom AI and automation and the uh, development of new kinds of ways of addressing materials and so on, including um, in medicine. That's happening now. So there's a lot of transformational things that are really being accelerated that you would have thought would be 2030. It's actually happening now. Let me give you one example. You know, typically vaccine production or therapeutics, um, that process would take uh, six to 10 years or more. Some people sometimes say even 20 years. That's actually happening under two years right now. That ability to contract and bring different forces together, that's gonna be permanent. So you're absolutely right, Neil. It's going to be three to five years, not, not 10 years. And the world's going to be radically different as a result. In fact, in ways we can't even imagine, because all of these things that are um, sort of uh, boosting by a thousand X that you would normally think would happen over a thousand years are now happening in the next three to five years. Can you imagine what that world will look like? And you're going to be part of it. I got, I got to ask Stephen, think just kind of, one one thing, 2025, what's one thing you would like to see happen by that year? You know what? Us working as a community, globally, working together, because we're really one species, one planet, right? Even we're bound with the ecosystem. Let's work together. <laughs> can you imagine if we did that? What the power that we can issue and, and, and the imaginable things we could do from a positive standpoint? That's what I say we should do. Let's cooperate. Be transformative. Wow. I, I very much agree with that. And when you say all these amazing things, I think to myself, yeah, but the, the other people, the contrarians that would say, yeah, but our technology is, is going so swimmingly well. It's going amazing. We're getting there quicker. But from an ethical standpoint, from the way that we interact with each other, how do we accelerate that process so that we get people to your line of thinking there, that we come together as one species? You know, that's a, that's a great question. Now, what happens is, is that uh, we definitely have to get, uh, you know, industry or private industry working with governments and, and the United Nations and NGOs, but even more tighter integration and realizing that we really have to work in conjunction and as a unified force together. Some of that's already happening. I think that's going to be accelerated right now, even though there's tension in different parts of the world and so on. So, uh, how do we do that? Uh, just continue this conversation that's occurring. Uh, you know, there are, there's this layer that is collaborating right now. 
I see business as a unifier. So let's continue that conversation and it'll be a more productive world. But you're right, there, there is tension. You know, there's this gentleman uh, by the name of um, Graham Ellison, he used to be the uh, dean at Harvard at the Kennedy School. And he, he talks about uh, Thersistides, you know, this uh, sort of Thersistides uh, trap. And, and the model is, you know, Athens and Sparta, and they were kind of competing, ended up with this really, you know, war. And, and he's developed uh, or he's analyzed the last uh, 500 years, and he's seen tension like what's happening now about 16 times, and 12 ended up in war. And he said, God, don't go down that same, or people, don't go down that same path. I don't want to, <laughs> but, you know, uh, because it can be disastrous, right? So so who's the unifier, you know, working together, maybe business uh, saying, you know what, we're not going to do that. We need to collaborate. And, and it, the, what you're doing here with this uh, podcast, this video cast, you're trying to get the message out, let's work together, right? So, but we're in a position to do that. You know, you're in a position with this messaging you're doing here with this video cast, Neil, with the work you're doing as well. We're in a position to change the world in a positive direction, to minimize the tension, and actually, actually to accelerate the collaboration that's occurring. Oh, that, it's, a, it's a fantastic goal. It's a goal we all need to do and actually make it reality. I, I think a lot of people don't realize how much power influence they could actually wield how, what, what advice would you give people to be kind of a driver and make this, you know, a reality? You know, you, you look at your local community and just volunteer, um, take action, execute. You know, a lot of times people come up with an idea and then they just sit on it. But, you know, it's just a phone call or a Zoom call away. It's just reaching out to a friend and saying, hey, there's a local need and local challenge. Let's, let's participate. Could be even a hackathon. Could be your local school. It, it can be regional. Uh, join uh, regional events or join national societies. Uh, they're, they're all available. They're always looking for people to help. So just volunteer and help, participate, take action, come up with an idea, talk to your neighbor about it, talk to the local friend, take action, execute. <laughs> um, and a related question about possibilities. I remember uh, when we were, uh, we were interviewing you for the book and for the Forbes article, we were talking about the future of humanity. Um, and some, sometimes when we hear about technology, people have the mind that, that AI and all these developments are going to make us less human. But I have a feeling from, our, from what you said and your insights that technology can open the door to potentials we never realized we had it can, and it can make us more human. I wonder what your thoughts are about that, about how we can really finally, for perhaps in the first time in history, to achieve new things with the human species, new potentials we've never uh, had the possibility to do in the in, Previously, what are your thoughts there? Well, you know, I, I, I just love the show Star Trek. I don't know if you're a fan, but yeah. it's about this wonderful world where you don't have to worry about like food and shelter and some of the basics and then automation and artificial intelligence helps to take care of some of those basic needs so that you can focus on, you know, creativity and unifying and helping others and so on. So I really see the tech getting to that layer so it can allow us to unify work together fo focus on the innovation part the entrepreneurship the creativity the social elements the social intelligence and emotional intelligence that's where i see uh, the world going and i sort of use star trek unfortunately me <laughs> as a bit of a model but i think that's the where words can go that's the promise sure i mean gene, gene ronberry was a very um <clears throat> very much ahead of his time 
of, about making it one, one world, one people. And so uh, as a fan of Star Trek, by the way, I, I, I liked your, your viewpoint there. So I think it's a great example. Yeah, or, or one universe, right? <laughs> there you go, even better, right? Even yeah. better, yeah. So um, we're, we're almost to the end of our show here. Um, just any final thoughts uh, at this moment in time? Anything that you wanna share with people, especially young people, um, to even get them more inspired? Um, your thoughts about that, about, about the new world that we're, that we're entering right now? You know, take time to uh, read about what's happening, but from diverse uh, news sources, Definitely don't get into that echo chamber sometimes you get into, which is a closed community on the internet where everybody thinks the same. You really have to embrace different ideas in a, in a positive way, but also in an inclusive way as well. So seek that time to, to uh, integrate with others who are different. And then you're gonna learn from that and, and really stay informed. And then take that um, ability to be informed into action. Like how can I work with others to move the world forward? in a positive way and for good. Awesome, great advice, inspirational advice from a man that's actually doing it and helping us all achieve a better dream. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for inviting me in and allowing me to share some of my insights with you, but also to collaborate. Hey, we're working together, right? To make the world better. Yeah, and one, more, and one more thing, if people wanna learn more about what you're doing and follow you, where should they go? That's pretty hard because <laughs> I do a lot. Sure. Uh, probably just search on the internet and put my name in. <laughs> You'll see me all over the place. Okay. Well, very good. Thank you again. Thank you. Hey, if you like today's show, please remember to hit the like button and leave a comment. If you've been enjoying the Changing the Story podcast series, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you.